Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. Thank you, Josh. Get my table up. Thank you very much. Awesome. How are we today? We good? Awesome. It's so good to see your smiling faces. You wouldn't even tell that we're in prayer and fasting. You're looking so good and healthy. It's awesome. Um, I second that um, with what Josh was saying about our um, praise reports and things like that. I really encourage you, share what is going on. Um, already I've heard about three different stories, I think, of um, reconciliation happening in family relationships, people getting job promotions even people um, encountering the Holy Spirit in in ways that they never have before. And so we're really exciting. We're only a week in and already we're seeing all this great stuff happen. So make sure that you grab one of those slips of paper because, you know, if if you don't want to hear about it, I certainly want to hear about it. Um, So do that for me at the very least. Um, Great. So, yeah, we're really excited about this time um, in in the life of Lyft, really, and every year we um, make it a point to really carve out some time where we talk about the Holy Spirit um, and where we do our prayer and fasting and where we have an anointing service because we really believe that it's powerful having God speak into our life. And as much as we set it apart as a month in the year, our prayer is that every single day you would be hearing the voice of God for you. Because the thing is about our God is that He's not this far away lofty kind of deity, but He is this God, He's this loving Father who wants to be intimately involved Involved with our lives in our day to day. And so our prayer is that over this month, and I'm really excited because next week Josh is going to be preaching for the first time here on our pulpit for a full sermon. So I know that's just going to be awesome. We're so excited for you to take this, Josh. It'll be great. Um, but we are we are hoping, our prayer is that as you um, lean in to the Holy Spirit, as you, you know, as we share and come around the Word of God and really um, hear more about who this Holy Spirit person is and what He is like and what He does and His nature and His character, my prayer is that we would begin to trust Him more, that we would lean into that relationship more. Because Jesus talks about the fact that, you know, when He goes away, um, Holy Spirit will come and He will be with us and in us. I don't know if you can get a closer relationship than that. Am I right? I mean, Pastor Nate and I are very close. We're a married couple. But can I say Holy Spirit is even closer, in, in even more intimately connected with me. And so our prayer is that, yep, over this month, we would all lean in as individuals, but also as a church. I think that would be amazing. Um, All right, so where are we? Actually, you know what, let's just pray. Um, Because, yeah, I really, all throughout this morning, I've just been sensing that Holy Spirit does want to do something really, um, really powerful here today. So let's quickly pray. Holy Spirit, we do thank you for your presence. We thank you for who you are. And God, we pray today that you just whet our appetite to know you deeper, know you more intimately for ourselves. Pray that you'd reveal yourself, Holy Spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 So 
To kick off our message this morning, I am going to um, share with you a discovery that I recently made about myself. And this discovery is that I, um, I, I find it a little bit difficult to connect with people who are a little bit mysterious. People who, you know, you can, you can just tell when you meet someone and it's like a lot is going on below the surface than they're letting on. You know, those kinds of people. Well, I, I found that those kinds of people really put me on edge. Those people, I just find it really hard to connect with. You know, I'm really comfortable with people who are open and honest and, and you know, like they're being real about who they are. Those people, it's a cinch, like, you know, really easy to connect. But when people are shrouded in mystery and they're like, you know, not really wanting to let on much, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is freaking me out. A bit like this creepy man on the, on the screen at the moment. Freaks me out. I know for some of you, right, you're, you're more of a curious kind of personality. So when you meet someone of mystery, you're like, oh, I'm intrigued. I, I actually want to know this person more. Um, but I'm just not like that. I just got to admit that I'm just not like that. Um, but what I found, um, being a Christian and being someone, you know, who has relationship with the Holy Spirit, is that I meet a lot of Christians who can feel this kind of way when it comes to the person of the Holy Spirit. You know, in the Bible, we read a lot about God the Father, read a lot about God the Son. You know, we, we know a lot about what Jesus did while he was here on earth, a lot of what he said. We know that he is good and that he is kind and that he forgives sin and he's gracious. But it's kind of like when it comes to the person of the Holy Spirit, there's a little bit less to go on. Am I right? Like anyone, yeah? You agree? It, it's all a little bit mysterious. It's all a little bit vague. Um, and so, yeah, over this month, we're, we're wanting to talk more about who this person is. Let's discover more about who he is together. Amen? Awesome. So we're going um, to look at a passage of Scripture and it's found in John uh, chapter 16. So if you have your Bibles, if you want to turn to that, otherwise it will be there on the screen. But just to um, set a bit of a scene for you. So Jesus is talking to his disciples. And what he's doing in this conversation is that he's preparing the disciples for this person who's going to come, the Holy Spirit. And, um, and basically he's saying, you know, I'm going to go away, but God's work here on earth is not done in, in when I do go away. But he's going to send somebody else and there's more work to be done for you as disciples, but as well, there is this other person coming. And so this is where um, we enter into the conversation and Jesus is already talking, but we'll start from uh, verse one of chapter 16. It says, all this I've told you so that you will not fall away. He's talking to his disciples. They will put you out of the synagogue, which is basically the place of prayer for them. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. That's pretty messed up. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. That explains it. I've told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I'm going to him who sent me. None of you asks, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I've said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear now. 
But when He, the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears. He will tell you what is yet to come. So I can imagine that the disciples, after hearing Jesus talk about this person, the advocate, the Spirit of truth, talking about the Holy Spirit, I can imagine that they're feeling a little bit like, oh, you know, I I don't really know what to expect. And they're feeling a little bit like me when it comes to mysterious people where they're like, okay, Jesus, we've walked with you. So we know what you do. We know how you live. We know how you treat people that you're amazing. Um, But this Holy Spirit person, uh, we don't really know who he is. And, And it's kind of freaking me out that I don't know what to expect. And so I can imagine them saying, Jesus, are you sure it's really gonna be for our good? That's what Jesus says. Is this really going to be for our good? Because we know you, but we don't really know him. And how are we going to know when he comes? Because we don't know him. We don't know what he looks like. How are we to know? And Jesus, we hope that he's just as good as you are. We know that you are loving and you are kind. But, I mean, what's this Holy Spirit person going to be like? And I can imagine that they're a little bit apprehensive, that they're not quite sure what they're getting themselves into. And I can imagine that many Christians feel that way when it comes to Holy Spirit. Like, okay, yeah, I'm I'm open a little bit, not sure. (laughs) I'm a bit apprehensive. And and I know that even for some Christians, you know, we get to a place where um, we're kind of ignoring Holy Spirit, where we're saying, uh, you know, I'm just a little bit too busy to pray and to seek you and to hear from you. I'm just going to go about my day and, and not really interact with you. We can get into those kinds of spaces when really I think the root issue is that we don't know whether we can trust Holy Spirit. We don't really know. We don't have such clear stories and evidence about Him from the Word of God. So I can, so I can see the disciples being a little bit on edge. And, and you, know, you know, especially um, for them, for them but I know so in my life and other the Christians that I talk to, some of the things that we hear about the Holy Spirit are sometimes a little bit scary. We hear things about how He convicts us of our sin, and almost for, for some of us, we can believe that that starts to look like He'll put a spotlight on us, that He'll just shine this light on all of the places in our life that are sinful, that um, you know we're imperfect, where we failed, and, and we're just so scared, really, that He's going to expose us. And no one likes to feel that way, because that's when shame and guilt and condemnation come in. And so we prefer to actually hold Holy Spirit at arm's length. And you know, in this passage of Scripture, Jesus says that when Holy Spirit comes, He will prove the world to be in the wrong. First of all, we don't like that kind of language. It's like, oh, be in the wrong about sin. Oh, no, not that word. Surely, God, not that word. Uh, about righteousness. Okay, that, that's a little bit better, a little bit more positive, Jesus. But then judgment, Jesus, come on. We, we don't want to hear about that kind of stuff. We like the Christianity that you've shown us, Jesus, the, the happy stuff where you forgive sin, where you, you know, heal people of their um, sickness and their disease. We like that, but we don't like the sin and righteousness and judgment stuff. That's a little bit off-putting. And, you know, I think for us as Christians that sometimes we do actually struggle with this. The whole area of sin and that, that Holy Spirit's there to convict us of sin and, and of judgment, 
But this morning, as we're setting up this series, what I really felt God uh, want us to actually look through are these very things, how Holy Spirit does come to convince us of sin and of righteousness and judgment, to be able to set us up to trust Holy Spirit more and to actually go on this journey with Him. So the first thing we're going to look at this morning is that Holy Spirit convinces us of our sin. And so I want you to just take a deep breath. We're going there, but I promise you that God is good at the end of the day, and hopefully we'll journey through this this morning and we'll all be able to see that by the end. So Holy Spirit, He convinces us that we are sinful. You know, I think one of the biggest hindrances for us as human beings is what we believe. Um, And I believe that this is where, this is kind of sometimes our biggest sin, this unbelief. Um, Whether it is we don't believe what God says about us, about who He is and about the world, or whether it's this belief that we're all good on our own and that we've got things covered. You know, talking about um, not believing God about who we are, Pastor Nate, um, probably about a week ago, um, just said, you know, I really feel like um, uh, God wants me to encourage you for the next 30 days. And so, um, surely, he um, has been encouraging me every single day and there's probably... I don't know, three more weeks to go or something like that. Um, But he's doing well. Um, But I have to admit, I have to admit that the first couple of days where he encouraged me, and he was, it wasn't like, you know, airy, fairy, fluffy things like, oh, you look great today and all that kind of stuff. Not, Not anything like that. He was actually pulling things out about my character, the way that I carry myself, the way that I live life. And he was encouraging me about that kind of stuff. And um, in the beginning, I was like, oh, that's really weird. Like, it's really awkward. And, and like husband and wife, right? We should be able to encourage each other and be like, yeah, that's awesome. I received that. But I realized that I was like, I'm really struggling to receive his encouragement. Um, getting better now. Getting better now. Um, but sometimes, you know, we, we actually struggle to believe who God says we are. And I think when we don't believe God in what He says, it actually is sin. Sin is not believing God. And so we can be on that end of the spectrum or we can be on the other spectrum where we're like, we don't need saving. We've got this all covered. You know, when I um, finished high school, I, I was like, right, I've got my life planned. I'm all good. I'm all set. I, I was a Christian then, but um and still am Christian then. Sorry, I just caught myself. Um, welcome to Lift Church, where your pastor's not even a Christian. No, I'm joking. Um, so, finished year 12, and um, I got a scholarship to uh, do psychology at Murdoch University, and I was so pumped for it, so excited, and basically had the rest of my life mapped out, as I mentioned. Um, and obviously, I was doing it void of God. I hadn't asked him. I didn't want to know, honestly, um, because I felt like he was kind of nudging me in a different direction. So I was just to be like, no, no, I don't want to go there. And so I enrolled and I went and just throughout the first semester, everything in the course was not connecting with me. Everything was just not making sense. And to be honest, it was an absolute flop. It was an absolute failure of a semester. And that's when I came to God and I was like, God, okay, I'm going to do what you want me to do. And so I changed tack, obeyed him, and, um, and 
surely stepped into what he had for me and which has led me to ministry today, which is amazing. God totally know the, the journey that I needed to be on, right? And he knows that for you as well. But I was not believing that he did. And so I was on the other side of the spectrum as well. And so sometimes we find ourselves, uh, you know, caught up in sin, but until we have that moment of Holy Spirit pointing it out, we actually don't ever really know. And so a lot of us come to God and we're fearful that He is going to shine a spotlight on our life. But what I found is that I can trust Holy Spirit because when He does point His finger on something in my life, on an unbelief, on a sinful habit, it's actually for my good. And I love that we were praying earlier today. Marcy led us so beautifully. And she came in with this scripture with how God works everything for our good. That even the things that we're like, surely you can't redeem that, surely... You know, that's just messed up and that I want to stay hidden. He says, no, 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 let's bring that out to the light. Let's see that be transformed by my grace and by my love so that it can be turned around and that you can actually live in this freedom that Jesus gave his life for us to live in. We can't actually forget that Jesus actually gave his life for us, that we would live in freedom. And so Christian today... How are you feeling when it comes to Holy Spirit shining a light on your sin, on your unbelief? Are you apprehensive? Are you a little bit, mm, a bit uncomfortable? Can I say that it's well worth it? That when Holy Spirit does that, it actually leads you to a place of grace. See, Holy Spirit's whole role in our life is to actually point us to Jesus. He's this huge light that shines and says, go that way, head towards Jesus, head towards His grace, head towards His embrace and His love for you. That's all Holy Spirit wants to do when He shines a light on our sin. And so that's one of the things that He does. He shines a light on our sin. So Jesus talked about another thing that Holy Spirit convinces us of, and that is righteousness. And what he convinces us of is not our personal righteousness per se, but actually Christ's righteousness. In 1 Peter 2.22, it says about Jesus that he committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. I don't know about you, but I'm not like that. <laughs> every, I, I can't do that every time insults are hurled at me. I can't do that every time somebody seeks to harm me or discourage me. I find it difficult to be that perfect. And I think we all know awesome people in our worlds, right? Like I, I'm in the presence of so many right here, but I know that somewhere we are all imperfect, that we just can't be like Jesus, that He is the one that is truly righteous. And what I find is that Holy Spirit, He has a tough gig with this one in convincing us that we're not righteous because everything in ourselves says that, you know, we're either good the way that we are and, and sometimes we can be puffed up with pride or we can be on the other side of the spectrum where we know that we failed and we try to cover it up or we try to earn our way back to righteousness again. But Holy Spirit comes alongside and is like, come on, you're not all that together and it's actually okay because it's through Jesus' righteousness 
that you become righteous. I love this scripture. It says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, He made him who knew no sin, talking about Jesus, to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. So that we could become the righteousness of God in Him. You see, Christian, today, whenever Holy Spirit comes alongside you and taps you on the shoulder and says, stop trying to cover up for your righteousness. Stop trying to build yourself up. Really what he's saying is just take on Jesus's righteousness. Just step into his grace. Why won't you? I remember so many times where I've just tried and tried in in my own self, but have um, just ended up messing things up so much more. And one of those instances, I've never confessed this. So podcast people, if you're listening, please do not say anything about this. But um, so when I was working at Centrepoint, and I don't even know if Nate knows this, actually, this is hilarious. Um, when, <laughs> so when I was working at Centrepoint, um, Pastor Joel, uh, I was his personal assistant, and I had to order something, order this particular thing. And um, I, I was actually given free reign to pick this thing, to choose it, um, and it was basically going to go in one of the buildings and be there for forever, basically. So it was a pretty big, like, final kind of decision type thing. And so I chose to the best of my ability and and thought, you know, Pastor Joel would love it and be pleased with it and everything. And I just remember when it rocked up, like the product rocked up with the person who was obviously delivering it to us, the person who worked for this company. And, um, And, you know, he knew it was the right product. I knew it was the right product. But as Pastor Joel came in and said, I don't like that. Is that really what we ordered? Something in me was like, just lie about it. Just lie and said they brought the wrong order. And so I lied. I lied. Confession time. I lied in front of this poor delivery guy's face as well. Like I said, he knew the truth. I knew the truth as well. But I lied. Why? Because... Pastor Joe had given me free reign. He had trusted me with this thing and I stuffed it up completely. And so I was like, I'm going to try and mend this situation by lying, by sinning against this poor delivery guy who was only doing his job and did it perfect to the T. And so I stuffed it up. And what I find is that when we try to become righteous ourselves, when we try to mend things ourselves, we just get ourselves into worse, uh, into a worse situation. Anyone with me this morning, you know, we can be humble here, we can be honest and open, especially because I've just confessed this deep, dark secret. Oh, I feel so free now. Thank you, Jesus. But you know, that's just something that the Holy Spirit brings to our attention. He's like, come on, will you stop already? (laughs) Are you done? Because Jesus died on the cross for you to make you righteous. And all it actually takes is asking Jesus to be your Lord, to be your Saviour. And you know, this morning, if you haven't actually invited Jesus into your life in that kind of way, I would personally love to pray with you after the experience. We're going to have a bit of time where um, the altar area will be open and I would love to pray with you and lead you in a prayer that connects you with Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. So, you know, Holy Spirit's just so good in that way. 
and that he doesn't convince us that we're righteous on our own, but he points to the one who is and says, come on, be in him instead. That's how you can be righteous. Now, coming to the third uh, role that Holy Spirit plays in that he convinces us of judgment. He makes it clear. So Holy Spirit does a few things in, in this kind of a way in that he makes it clear that there is a choice. So that even though judgment feels so doom and gloom, right? No one really loves that kind of a word. And, and when you see it used out in our world today, we're like, oh, that's a scary word when a judgment is pronounced. But there's a few layers this morning that I want to kind of show to you. Um, and one of the layers is this, that Holy Spirit always shows us that there is a choice. The Bible talks about how God presents to us death and life. And he's like, here's a hint, choose life. So he does that for us and Holy Spirit does that. He says, no, 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 you don't have to continue living the way of the world. You don't have to continue living in a way that's going to harm you and steal from your future and the potential that you have in God. But there's actually another way that you can choose and that's obedience to Christ. You can actually choose that. And so that's one of the things that he allows us, well, shows to us. And the other thing to do with judgment is that he, he shows us with those choices, there are consequences. That there's always consequences for our choices. You know what I found, again, being human, is that I would prefer to find a place where maybe I don't have to make a decision. I don't have to be yes or no. I don't have to be all in or all out. But instead, I can just be on the fence. And I think we've got a picture of a couple of people or somebody sitting on the fence. But, you know, we often like to be that person where we're just waiting we're just procrastinating until life kind of shows us one way or the other or until we're at a place of urgency, until we actually make a choice. But you know, in the Bible, in Proverbs 13, 4, and there's a few scriptures here I just want to read out to give you a picture of what happens when we are straddling this fence, when we're procrastinating about decisions. In Proverbs 13, 4, it says, A sluggard's appetite is never filled, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. How amazing. Proverbs 12, 24 says, Diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in forced labour. James 4, 17 says, If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Ecclesiastes 11.4 says, Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. It's amazing. There is this potential for satisfaction, for favour, and for fruitfulness for those who are actually active, for those who will step out and actually make a decision and make a choice. And you know what I found? That when Holy Spirit has shone a light on an area of sin in my life and has said, you know what, You're that God's grace is sufficient, and then it gets me to that point of making a decision that He even helps in that. And he, he has this way of guiding us so that we don't have to have the consequences of death, but that we have the consequences of life. And there's one, um, one particular uh, uh, example that I want to share with you this morning was um, when Pastor Nate and I were dating and, and um, there was this insecurity that I had been uh, battling with and it was kind of a bit of comparison, but also a little bit of... Um, 
I guess neediness, just needing to be affirmed, needing to be, um, or needing to know that I was Nate's number one girl. Um, and I didn't think that this insecurity was all that bad until it started uh, to rear its ugly head more and more. Um, and I remember my close friend pointed it out to me. And I remember my, my pastor pointing it out to me as well. But I think it only really clicked when one day Nate and I were actually talking and, and it got to a point where we were like, you know, Beck, if you can't actually deal with this, if you can't move past this, then I don't know about this relationship. I don't know if we can go further than this. Um, so we got to this place of breaking and it was all because this insecurity that I had left unchecked. And so what I found though was that Holy Spirit was so gentle and so kind in that he led me to this place where I had to make a choice. And that choice, I mean, like God obviously is is my first love, but Pastor Nate and I married for six and a half years. It's been awesome. But you know what? If I hadn't actually lent into Holy Spirit and allowed allowed him to say that, Beck, there's a judgment you've got to make here. That you got to either leave this sin in the past, or but you're not going to be able to move forward with it. And you're definitely not going to have this relationship if you can't deal with it. And so the trajectory of my life would have been very different. We probably wouldn't have been married. And who knows, maybe Lyft wouldn't even be here. It could, my future could have looked very, very different. But Holy Spirit was kind. He was gentle. He was loving. And he, he walked with me and healed me really he walked with me through that but it came to that point if I hadn't made a judgment if I just procrastinated more and sat on the fence then what God wanted to do in my future would have been compromised and it's the same with us this morning I get the sense that there are some people here you've been sitting on some decisions and God is saying you know the right way to go I've already told you I've already shown you but there's a fear in you that maybe if I step out and do what I think God wants me to do, that maybe I'll stuff up. Maybe I'll fail. Maybe he won't actually have my back. And maybe you've had instances in your life where you've done something, you've stepped out, and people have kind of backed away watching you fail. Or maybe, you know, there was a a character issue or something in your life and you've tried to work on it, but it was so, so difficult. Or maybe there was an area of sin in your life where somebody pointed out and instead of embracing you and walking on the journey as Holy Spirit would, they backed away and in fact, you know, they retreated away from you because they didn't like what they saw. You know, can I tell you this morning that Holy Spirit is not like that, that He embraces us, that He loves us. I love how Jesus says that Holy Spirit comes from us and He doesn't say and do anything that doesn't first come from the Father. And who's our Father? He is loving. He is kind. The Bible talks about how God is love. And so Holy Spirit is just the same. You know, this series, we're going to be pointing out evidence about who Holy Spirit is. And it's good to know. I encourage you all to know, to read the Word of God, to get to know. Use your intellect, use your mind, and learn more about God in that kind of a way. But at the end of the day, there's always going to be trust that is needed. There's always going to be just that step of faith that's needed to actually live this life with God, with Holy Spirit. And this morning, my invitation 
is, will you take that step of faith? I think we've got a picture of a trustful, um, and I like to think of it this way, that a step of faith is very similar to a trustful, in that the people standing at the bottom there, they represent Holy Spirit in that they look secure, they look strong enough to be able to catch this person. And the same is with Holy Spirit, that He is strong enough, that He is present, that He is gracious and He is kind. And He will catch us if we choose to step out and fall into His arms of love. And so this morning, that's my challenge to you. Will you step out? Step out in faith. Connect with Holy Spirit and start this journey with Him or recommit to this journey with Him. If I can get the band up. Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lift, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.